Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. How'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. One day down, two still left to go as it pertains to draft weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in, come one, come all, to episode 52. The Super Bowl edition, I guess you could call it, of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you taking part. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes drop each and every Monday. Special Friday episode is what you are listening to right now. Appreciate you taking part. You can follow the pod on IG at Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you checking off the to-do list for me. Um, Yeah, so... Pretty much the one guy your boy didn't want last night is who we come away with. Funny how that works out. Uh, you know, hey, Eagles fans are happy this morning, though, man, which is uh, I am I am happy for those that are happy. I'm not even that mad about it anymore. Um, you know, there's some Jameson at the house that helped me uh, that helped me cope when the pick was announced last night. So it's all good. It's all good. We're here. We're a better team regardless at the end of the day, right? So there's that. Um, Absolutely love draft night, though, man. And, you know, it's funny because starting off and going back to two episodes ago, episode 50, when we did the uh, the collaborative mock draft and we kind of began with, well, do you, are you a, an ESPN draft coverage or an NFL Network draft coverage guy? And this was another buddy of mine. Shout out to my guy, Will texted me last night and was like, you watch an NFL network or ESPN? And I'm typically an ESPN guy because Kuiper and McShay and um, had it on ESPN last night as you know, the evening's kind of approaching that time. And I saw Mike Greenberg up there and I immediately recoiled. I was just like, oh, gross. I'm not, I don't want to watch ESPN now if they're going to keep this fucking guy up there because I cannot stand Mike Greenberg. And I'm not anti-ESPN, dude, okay? I'm not that guy. Um, I'm also not super pro-ESPN, dude. I don't really care. Um, but I like these three days of Kuiper and McShay typically. And uh, I love Lewis Riddick, who was up there. But I cannot stand Mike Greenberg. And ESPN has gotten rid of a lot of people that I enjoy uh listening to in favor of Mike Greenberg because I guess that's what they want they want you know Mickey Mouse wants just Mike Greenberg out there forever now and he just he always reminds me of like a caricature of like the way the way a news anchor like thinks he should be 101 you know what I mean I just I can't stand the guy he brings nothing to the table for me zero personality uh I I just do not care for the dude so that made me flip over for the first time. Okay, I'm going to go to NFL Network, which, you know, I dig Rich Eisen, love him. Uh, 
David Shaw, Stanford's head coach, head coach was just kind of there hanging out. They didn't really give him a lot of opportunities. He was kind of there like the spare prick at the wedding, you know, because Charles Davis, another guy who I fucking hate, just smiley all the time, judgy, thinks he's better than you. You know, I, I do not care for that dude either. He's up there, and any opportunity he's got to speak, he's jumping on that shit, right? He's 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 enjoying the music with the crowd and everything at Cleveland. And shout out to Cleveland. Um, it was great to see human beings at the draft last night. You know, no Goodell basement, no sleepy commish as the mid-20 picks approached. It was cool to see people at a sporting event again even if it was the draft, absolutely loved it. It added to the atmosphere. It was awesome. Uh, not to be punny, but Cleveland rocked. The thing I could do without, though, was it was like they were going for like FM classic rock station draft. And it, it took me till about the late teens to figure out, hey, why are we doing the Stones and, you know, like – classic rock band why why are we doing this like old white dude moose lodge karaoke why are we doing this uh for every pick and then i realized oh yeah cleveland rock and roll hall of fame now it makes sense so that was a little bizarre it kind of got in the way uh sweet caroline white people never miss an opportunity to go bump 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 that white people love that shit um so it very uh very, very Elk Lodge friendly draft last night in terms of the soundtrack. So, but it was great to see people back there. Hate to interrupt. Yes, please do. No, go ahead. Sweet Caroline, it'll change your life if instead of going bomp, 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 uh-huh. yell, suck my balls. <laughs> it'll change your life. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time I'm in a crowd of people. It oh, was, yeah. Dude, it was, it was, I, there's certain songs that white people, like, if we're doing a top 10 songs that get white people, like, they love, mm-hmm. that's up there for sure. Uh, I think, don't stop believing, obviously. Every white girl in a cowboy hat in a karaoke bar, you know? Does the white girl? Yeah, dude. Audio pod, you Just a see small town girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, shut up, honey. You're not that cute. <laughs> and you don't sound like Steve Perry either. Steve Perry. <laughs> you know? Uh I'm guilty of geeking out over this one. Pour some sugar on me by Def Leppard. We all know where I that, <laughs> that I, I, you're not super fond of that one. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to pour some sugar. <laughs> There's a deprogrammed episode, kids. Follow deprogrammed. It's Justin's music pod. Great listen, by the way. There's a Def Leppard episode, and uh, I have never seen you that 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 worked up. Yes. I was like, yo, I'm just going to lay out here and stop defending this song because my man's upset. But I get it. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot that day. So it happened. A lot of, a lot of factors. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there was, it was, um, I can't get no satisfaction was a song that played last night when a team came out, which mm-hmm. was funny. I can't remember the team. I want to say it may have been the Giants, but it's like, that's not. It's probably not the song you want to hear when your team's on the clock, you no, know? I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> you know? You should have played that 10 picks ago and the birds were on the clock, <laughs> you know? At least for me. Everybody loves Howie again, though. Howie with the old baby face turn. Good for him. Good. I, hey, man. You know? He's no Sirianni. No, he is so not. But I like he made 
Sirianni came away from last night happy, which we were talking before, you know, coming on. A happy Sirianni makes a happy me. The fact that he is jazzed up for tumbleweed <laughs> makes me happy. I was like, okay. I like see it's like he's my like I'm like a proud papa. You know? Oh, look at him. Yeah, he's happy. Let's I like go. seeing him happy. He's like my pet, you know? <laughs> Come here, little buddy. You know? <laughs> he's thrilled. Let's give him some treats. Like I'm just thrilled. I was like, as I'm watching the presser, I'm like, maybe all the malice. Maybe I yeah, maybe I was wrong here. Maybe I was wrong. Because he's so thrilled. How can you be mad at a happy Nick Sirianni? It's true. And he killed the presser, dude. And you know what this means, though? What? Tumbleweed must have been good at rock, paper, scissors. He, Dude, the best. He had to have been. Clearly. They moved up yeah. for this motherfucker. So he had to be. He had to talk trash. He had to do all of it. <laughs> you know? I don't want to just beat you at rock, paper, scissors. I want to beat you at what's another kid's game? Chinese checkers. There you go. I was going to say, I'm having trouble thinking of them because I'm 33. <laughs> But you know who's got him on 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 speed dial? Our guy. Of course he does. Oh, you want to know all the kids' games? I got you. <laughs> and you better talk trash to me too. Connect Four on Zoom. Good luck, dude. Connect Four was a go-to on the blanket back in the day for your boy. I'm mad I didn't think of that. Battleship was fun. Battleship. Battleship can get heated though. It can. Um, I think that. Yeah. It, it, Battleship's dark. So is Monopoly. Oh, Battleship. Or but Monopoly's the worst. It is. I don't like Monopoly. I don't think you can fully appreciate when you're like our kids' age, though. Like playing Monopoly now, I love it. But Monopoly, you can't do Monopoly when like you have an hour to kill. Like you need to have time. You need to have uh, like. <laughs> Either be willing to take breaks yes. and come back to the game later. Right. Or be locked in for eight hours. Easily. You know? And that's if and that's if you don't have stubborn people playing. Right. God forbid. Yeah. You have somebody who's just not willing to lay down. Right, dude. I know. It, it's like, it's, okay. That's me. I'm like, all right, enough. An hour in. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm sick of this. There's always, you can see the momentum building in a game of Monopoly, too. That's what makes it worse. And it makes it terrible when you're the one out there mortgaging your assets. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm not. This is like, it gets you. Nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's dark, man. It gets you in your feelers. Like, okay. You know, how am I going to get through life? I'm lucky to land on Baltic. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Old boy's got a hotel on Boardwalk. Yeah, dude. I'm landing on every time. Every time, dude. Every time you're going to roll the exact amount to land there. Every single oh, time. On. Right? <laughs> like, it sucks, dude. It's the worst. Do you remember, though, side note, McDonald's Monopoly? Oh, yeah. That. It was the best, but it was also simultaneously the worst. Because the amount of McDonald's I ate. Dude, so many hash browns, man. It did not win. Not a ever. thing. Not a thing. But you felt good, though, when you peeled off the thing that was like a free, you get a free breakfast sandwich. Uh -huh. Like, cool, next time, at least I get a free shot. <laughs> yes. You know? The worst was you'd always get like two of the yellows or two of the greens. You're like, Dude, I just need one more. Every time. Every time, man. And they, they'd give you the map. And like mm -hmm. that was that was fun, dude. Although I'm convinced like the all those binging of hash browns is part of the reason why <laughs> your boy's on the husky side these days. Because there was a lot. And it was always around like October. Yep. When the weather broke and you're like, oh, man, like throw a hoodie on. 
you know can't get out there and sweat just by being that's it man you know i'm gonna just go get four hash browns (laughs) mcdonald's hash browns are the best Uh, i can't argue i i'm always gonna have a soft spot for bow rounds yeah dude but if you're going just straight hash browns like the the big round chunk of potato the patty dude it's mcdonald's breakfast as far as fast food breakfasts go, and if I want to leave out, I'm going to leave out Bojangles because I feel like that's top tier. Oh, for sure. And Bobo's gives it to you all day. Oh, yeah. Which is just game changer. Biscuit and it's, oh, I mean, it's dude. dry, but it's delicious. It is. You need to have a drink handy with a Bobo's biscuit for and sure. God forbid it's not a tea from Bojangles. but <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, uh, But yeah, McDonald's is... It gets a lot of flack because it's McDonald's. Of course. But it's also McDonald's. Like, it's... It is. They're McDonald's for a reason. I cannot stand people that look down their nose at McDonald's. Because there's a lot of people that do that. Oh, I'm I, they're beneath me. Fuck you. You know what you're going to do? <laughs> you're going to you're gonna eat there, too, and you're going to like it, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, especially late night, you've had a few. Man. I, I mean, I would argue nothing hits better in that moment than Taco Bell. Oh, that's but, the one. Taco Bell is one. Yes. And then McDonald's might be a two. McDonald's is up there. Also, highly underrated for the fact of you're out there working. You, mm-hmm. you got five bucks. That's it. Go get some lunch from McDonald's. Yeah, that dude. That five dollars goes much farther at McDonald's than almost anywhere else. So far. You get value there. So. They're They're there for you. Stop acting like you're too good for them. Uh-huh. You know, the other one that hits really well too. If you've had a few sodas and you're in the mood, I mean, this is local here regionally. Cookout, dude. Mm. That's the first time. I mean, I've told the story of New Year's Eve in Richmond. <laughs> the first time I had cookout when I was probably a shot away from alcohol poisoning, and it's it's a game changer, dude. I'm thrilled that we have a cookout here now. That's funny. <laughs> is I chimed in to say, suck my balls, and here we are. We're talking food, man. Five Mi- minutes later. Mickey D's hash browns. <laughs> I should probably stop interrupting. No, it's all good. I'm glad you did, because now, like, as we're going through this, I'm deciding in my head what I'm going to eat for lunch today. Oh, there you go. So I'm pretty sure now I've settled on cookout. I because... also want to add key lime pie. Yes, the streak is alive, kids. The streak is alive. And key lime gear, because anything else... Is better than this midnight green bullshit. We're tired of it. Although the midnight greens themselves are good, but the the white on whites, dude. Yeah, I'm tired. It's fatigue, fatigue. Let's move on. It's not the Super Bowl era anymore. Everyone's acknowledging we're in a rebuild. Perfect time for it, especially if you're saying Hertz is your guy, dude. Right, which is effectively what I mean. It, I don't know. You never know with Howie. Yes, you never know with Howie, because. Crybaby 11 was the guy, too. So. He was, just less than a year ago, you know? Oh. Well, and then they took Hertz, and it was like, oh, my man just... Carson wants no parts of the competition, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to tweet this thing at you the night you get drafted. Like, hey, welcome, man. Let's get to work. I'm going to run, though, the moment. <laughs> First chance I get, I'm out of here to Indianapolis. To the coach, Of all places. To the coach that I like. I like Frank Reich. He's nice to me. Fucking dick. Oh. Fuck. 
<laughs> I took this another direction. No, you're good. I was about to duck out. <laughs> well, I hope the Carson Wentz take didn't work out in my favor, and I, I hope I'm wrong on this one too because we walk away – uh, from last night's draft with Devontae Smith. And, you know, it's funny because the guy I wanted goes eight to Carolina. And uh, I don't think a lot of people saw J.C. Horn going there. I thought this would probably be the Devontae Smith pick, the way the board had shaken out. But, you know, J.C. Horn goes eight to Carolina. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I fuck. And, you know, that kind of seemed like it was what – the board had gone kind of chalk up until that point. I think Panay Sewell going to Detroit was a little bit of a, uh, you know, but it, great pick by Detroit. I just feel bad for Sewell, who was one of my favorite players in this draft because Detroit's where careers go to die. But, uh, you know, Horn goes eight to Carolina, and things kind of seem to get a little weird from there. Denver goes Pat Sertan at nine. So Dallas – like, it's hilarious watching Dallas kind of scramble, right? Like, they're running the clock down a little bit, and you're going, okay. Because you knew they wanted – that was – the guys they wanted went eight and nine right ahead of them. So now Dallas is sitting there going, well, shit. And, you know, lo and behold, at the end of the day, the trade graphic flashes, and then you see the eagle up there, and you're like, oh, Christ almighty, we moved up. We moved up and we traded with Dallas. Why are we suddenly growing fond of making deals with the Antichrist? What the hell is this? So we give up a third rounder, 84th overall pick. This is this was a Wentz pick. This is the Colts third rounder that we got in the Carson Wentz trade, right, to move up to 10 and, uh, and take Devontae Smith and reunite him with Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, I'll say this. If Devontae Smith is your guy, which I had a feeling all along that he's very much somebody that was in play for the Birds the entire time, right? You can effectively move up to get him. I'm not too thrilled that we gave up one of the uh, two third-rounders, if I'm being honest. I was looking forward to three picks tonight. Um, so I would have tried to make I – don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe how he did try to go four, and they insisted you know, they wanted a three. Who knows? But I think at the end of the day, it is a small fee to pay to move up and ensure uh, ahead of the Giants, you know, because you would have thought, okay, Devontae Smith is very much in play for Dave Gettleman at 11. So if you want to give up a pick that you didn't even come into this draft with as your own necessarily to leapfrog and ensure that you get the guy that you want, home run by Howie. Hats off. It may not have been the guy that I wanted, but hell of a move. Hell of a move. I will give him that. And, you know, I'll say this about Devontae Smith, man. I've said here before on the pod, he was the guy that every Eagles fan seemed like they wanted. I was the outlier. I don't know any other Eagles fan that said, no, I'm really not that thrilled about this dude if we take him. You know, he seems like a great, like a humble dude, man. I mean, he's all about football, no distractions, no bullshit. I like that. I like that about Devontae Smith. I do. And again, at the end of the day, the tape doesn't lie. Tape don't lie. Best route runner in the draft, wins on all three levels. He can high point the ball. I'm not denying Buddy's skill. I'm not. And I'm not going to beat this over the head because we've said it before, but he's 166 pounds. That's fucking dust in the wind. That's tumbleweed. You know, 
I don't see that holding up over eight to ten years. And I just think if you take a guy that high, now especially he's a top ten pick, you want him ideally to be to, to he's a piece for the next five to seven years, hopefully eight to ten. Right? That's what you want. And I just have questions, not about this guy's talent. It's never been about his talent. If you've listened to the pod, it never has been. It's just been about the durability of, okay, can this hold up at the NFL level, 166 pounds? You know, (coughs) so I'll say this. At the end of the day, um, trying to work through a bug in the throat. That's why the delays. That's why I'm filibustering. You hear the ice in the background. I'm sipping Starbucks to try and suppress it. Um, tape doesn't lie. Dude's got all the talent in the world. That that frame, though, worries me. Dude looks small in his pads, okay? And I just wonder, like, he posted today a picture I actually saw on the way over here. He posted a picture of himself at a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, which if you do not know what it is, I believe it's a regional thing. I guess they have them in Cleveland as well. They've also got one in Norfolk here, close to where I work. They're fucking phenomenal. Um, if you've never had a Raising Cane's in your buy and you're close to one, immediately go out of your way and get them because what a delight Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers is. Everybody should experience it. The cane sauce... People will swear by Chick-fil-A sauce. Get that shit out of here. Give me cane sauce all day, every day. I would bathe in that shit, and I'm sure that's a visual you did not want, but now you have it. You're stuck with it. There you go. Um, Which is good. It's encouraging to see him eating chicken fingers and fries and toast. Please do that, Devontae Smith. Add you some pounds on. While you're at it, once you get to the 215, Get you some Delisandros. You know what I mean? Stop. John's roast pork. The whole nine. Load up. Please. Cheesesteak happy. Load up, man. Italian jobs, the whole nine. Get it all. Put your little weight on. Hit that weight room. I love this guy's. Mentally, he seems to be awesome, man. He seems to be awesome. And I'm a guy that believes in that mental, the. That type of shit matters every bit as much as the talent does. I believe that 100%. I hope that I'm wrong on him being able to hold up. I really do. I really do. And at the end of the day, because this is the guy that everybody wanted, you know what I mean? So I will sit here, and if I'm wrong, which I hope I am, I'll own it. I'll own it. Again, love the dude's talent. I just hope to God he's able to hold up. I really do. And at the end of the day, you know, if I'm wrong, it's very simple. Right? Remember Uncle Les? Les Bowen? Okay? I'll hit you with the same response that uh, that he hit our guy Sirianni with, with the rock, paper, scissors. Okay? If he's wrong or if I'm wrong, you know what I'm going to tell you? I hope I am wrong. I hope I am wrong. That would be great. There you go. Right? At the end of the day, it would be great if I'm wrong. I hope I am, you know? So, you know, I'll say this. Everybody that wanted Justin Jefferson last year, I know you were pissed with Jalen Rager, but you got who you wanted this year. You got who you wanted this year. So happy, happy, right? Howie Roseman with the baby face turn. He's not a heel anymore. We love him. 
You guys that were chanting fire Howie at Philly's game a couple weeks ago, you feel bad now because he got you your guy that hadn't suited up yet and taken a single snap? You like Howie still? You like him now, right? You know, again, definitely not the worst pick in the world, all things considered, even though all the things I just said, I wasn't really super thrilled about it. And I do think that, again, from a strategy standpoint, if he's your guy, I'll say this. Looking at how – looking at the way the top five picks went, right, assuming we were still at six, okay, you look at the way the top five picks went, they went very chalk. You know, you got Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson two, uh, Trey Lance at three, Called that, by the way. Told you it wasn't going to be Mac Jones. I told you it was going to be Trey Lance. You're welcome. Kyle Pitts at four, Jamar Chase at five. I think if we stayed at six, maybe Panay Sewell, maybe. But I think this, I mean, the pick, again, I, the whole time I've had a feeling it was going to be Devontae Smith. I said I would go J.C. Horn. But, you know, if if you stay at six, in all likelihood – the way the board fell, you still go Devontae Smith at six. And so essentially what you do is you move back to give up a small price, a pick you didn't even have initially, to move up two spots. Add a first rounder in the process from Miami and still get the guy you were probably going to take at six. Look, man, I got to take my hat off to Howie for that. Props. Because if he was the pick at six, which he likely would have been, now you move back, you get him, and you still come away with a first-rounder. That's a fucking win. That's a win. I'm not going to go so far as Reggie Wayne's already out here saying that he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going that far. We don't even – there's still a second round to, be, uh, to go through tonight. I'm not going that far, okay? But, you know, if, if – Hey, if you're in a dynasty league, I definitely think he's, you know, he's somebody to look at. I think he's probably going to be in the conversation. I'm not shoving all my chips to that table because that's such a quarterback award. Uh, you know, it's just going to be tough. To, unless Devontae Smith comes out and just has a historical season. Mm, you know, I would think if you're going to go receiver, I would go Jamar Chase. But anyway, um, Dallas takes Micah Parsons. The Giants move back, surprisingly. Dave Gettleman moves back to take Kadarius Toney, wide receiver out of Florida. So you have, you know, Washington at 19 takes Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. I actually like that pick a lot. You know, it's it's a bit of a, a you know, it's a high upside pick, right? At But that's the area in the draft where you can take those, those late teens, early 20s. If you really like a guy, I love the Jamin Davis pick by Washington, I'll be honest. You've got, you know, Ron Rivera there and Jack Del Rio they both played linebacker in the league. Love that pick by Washington. Um, Dallas takes another linebacker in Parsons. You know, another Penn State guy goes to a team I fucking hate. Wonderful. So, and, and the Giants take Kadarius Tony. So, out of the NFC East, you have two teams walk away in receivers. Us with Devontae Smith, the Giants, and Kadarius Tony. And then you have the other two walk away with linebackers. Dallas with Micah Parsons and Washington with Jamin Davis. You know, interesting. Interesting for sure. We move up. Dallas moves back. Giants move back. Washington stays put. Uh, so at the end of the day, you know, you can say that Howie was the most aggressive in the division, which doesn't necessarily surprise me. And if you look at uh, who is still on the board when that wonderful sound hits us in the face tonight, Justin, um, it, it, this second round. Oh, 
Oh, man. <laughs> Only two more days left of hearing that. I'm bummed. Um, if you look at who's still on the board at the top of the second round, this draft worked out really well. There was some goofy-ass picks at the end of this first round. Very, very weird. Joe Tryon was the last pick of the night by Tampa, the edge rusher out of Washington. Uh, what's the kid that New Orleans took? The edge rusher out of Houston. Peyton Turner, goofy-ass pick. Green Bay's still out here fucking around, not giving Rodgers guys to throw to. They're taking Eric Stokes' corner out of Georgia. There's a lot of There was a lot of strange picks in the middle and the end of the first round, and I think that bodes well for us picking 37th tonight. You know, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. We got a top five pick tonight. You know, we leapfrog Cincinnati. They pick behind us now at 38 because we finished with that tie. So, therefore, the rounds alternate. They picked ahead of us last night. We pick ahead of them tonight. Third round, they pick ahead of us, so on and so forth. Looking at what's still on the board, there is so much here to love. There is so much here to love, and there's one guy in particular that I'm hoping that we come away with and I'm shocked that he's still on the board, but just looking at some of the names that I would be ecstatic if they were the pick at 37, there's enough here to where it it locks up that somebody's going to fall and be there because, again, top five pick tonight. Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama, dominant in the playoff last year, right? A little inconsistent on tape, but dominated against, you know, that elite competition. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Old Miss. A lot of guys thought he was going to be the fourth receiver off the board. I know I did. He seemed like his stock was rising. He's still there. Um, at the top of the second round, do you double down? Do you go another receiver here, right? You got Devontae Smith. You had Jalen Rager last year. Do you double down at receiver this year with Elijah Moore and just have a lot of speed out on the perimeter if you're Nick Sirianni, right? Give him more weapons to work with. Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri. Tackling machine, love that guy. Love his game, what he brings to the middle of a defense. You know, he he racked up over 100 tackles with Missouri every year, I believe. Just a guy that, you know, has a nose for the football, as cliche as that sounds, and he's constantly hovering around it. Pat Fryermuth, tight end out of Penn State. You got to have somebody else other than Goddard if Zach Ertz, the rumor is that he's going to be gone during the draft at some point. And if it doesn't happen, again, it didn't happen last night, but – He's very much a bargaining chip of how he wants to, you know, get back into the third round tonight or whatever the case may be. I still don't think that Zach Ertz is going to be on this roster, the final 53-man roster, when week one rolls around. I don't. You're going to need somebody else, and there's a couple tight ends later on in the draft, but behind Kyle Pitts is Pat Fryermuth. And after that, there's a drop-off. I like Fryermuth a lot. Again, bias as a Penn State fan, maybe. But uh, I would love the pick. I think he is better than Mike Kosicki was coming out. We've seen what Kosicki's done down in Miami. He's been, you know, very, very solid for them. And he was a, uh, you know, a second rounder as well. I think Pat Fryermuth is more pro-ready uh, or more complete, I should say, rather, than Kosicki was when he came out of Penn State. Liam Eikenberg, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. Love him. He was a tackle uh, at South Bend. Projects probably a little better to guard. Uh, at the NFL level, and again, with Brandon Brooks being mentioned in trade rumors potentially and having injury history and things like that, I think this offensive line adding some depth along the uh, along the O-line is not going to be a bad thing at all. You know, if, if he's there, I'd be happy with that as a pick. Trevon Merrick, safety out of TCU, best safety in the draft, is still on the board. 
still on the board. Love this dude's game. Again, Anthony Harris, one year, $5 million from Minnesota in free agency. I love that pickup, but it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Rodney McLeod's going to be a free agent after this year, you know, when he comes off the ACL injury. So at some point, safety is going to have to be a focus. And I love the Kayvon Wallace pick as well last year out of Clemson. He didn't see a ton of playing time last year, but Merrick's a guy. If he's there at 37, he's one of the guys that I would be the most happy with, the happiest with. Him and this next guy, Pops played for the Birds several years ago. Asante Samuel Jr., corner out of Florida State. You cannot poke many holes in this dude's game. You can't. You know, he's maybe a little undersized or whatever the case may be, but he grades out high. There's not he doesn't there's no holes you can really poke in this dude's game whereas you could you can even poke holes in Pat Sertan's game uh in J.C. Horn and things the guys that got picked last night again J.C. Horn can get handsy at times get a little grabby that'll draw flags to the next level Sertan uh it will get burnt deep you know what I mean uh, more often you know more than once it's happened and it will happen again at the NFL level there's nothing wrong with that but these are dudes that were top 10 picks last night. You can't poke a lot of holes in Asante Samuel's game. I would He's another guy, one of the main, main dudes that I would be ecstatic if we walk away from this night with. And the main guy I'm hoping we come away with at pick 37, and I'm, I'm shocked, to be honest, that this guy is still there. I don't – you know, and it's funny how it works out, man. I did not think he was going to – I don't think he's going to be available at 37. I'm pretty sure one of the teams picking with the four picks above us – is going to snag him. But then again, I thought he was going to be picked in the first round too as well. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Shout out to Bethel right up the road. Bethel High represent. Uh, he went to Bethel. I played against Bethel. Uh, the school where Allen Iverson went, of all things, you know, high school and played high school ball there. Uh, so, you know, always cool to see a seven-five-seven connection, especially against a team that I played against. So, you know, he was one of the top linebackers in the country this past year, right? And he, we know he can cover. Uh, you know, I, it's surprising as hell to me that he's still there, especially when you look at, you know, Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, goes 16, the middle of the dead middle of the first round of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, that was kind of an off-the-wall pick by Steve Kine, their GM. I, I like Zaven Collins a lot, but I thought it was a little too high, but – I thought if a linebacker was going to go around that range and it wasn't Parsons, that it would be a Wusu Koromoa. And I think that if you're, again, all these dudes are guys that I've got my eye on that I would be thrilled with. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So at least a few of these dudes are going to be there. Um, the last three in particular are guys I look at and go, these are the ones that I absolutely hope for. Trevon Merrick, safety out of TCU, Asante Samuel Jr., corner out of Florida State, and Jeremiah Wusu-Kormo, a linebacker out of Notre Dame. I would take any of them, any of these eight guys we just mentioned, but those are the main three, you know, especially Merrick and Owusu-Koromoa for the value that they offer at the 37th pick. These are dudes that should have been first-round picks. Uh, that The fact that they are still there is just so bizarre to me. You know, especially when you look at some of the guys that ended up finding their way into the first round, it just goes to show you at the end of the day, there's always surprises on draft night. And that's why that's why the draft is so great. That's why the draft is so great. It's must-see each and every year if you're a football fan. And even after your team picks, it's still enthralling. I mean, to me, at the end of the day, once your team is out of the way, it's angst. Uh, it, 
up until your team picks, right? Because you have guys that you're hoping that you want to see, you know, the birds take. And but but what man, once once we're out of the way, you can just kind of kick back, pour you one and enjoy it. You know what I mean? And just enjoy uh the drama that is the NFL draft. And it was enthralling some of the picks and tonight's going to be much more of the same. There is a boatload of talent still on the board going into tonight's draft. Rounds two and three, I'm intrigued to see how it pans out. There's still going to be some guys, I'm sure, on the board entering round four on Saturday as well. So nothing but good stuff ahead for this weekend. I cannot wait to get to round two and three tonight. Who do you think the birds should take? Who do you want Howie Roseman to take at 37? Hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast on IG. Let me know your thoughts. Is it one of these dudes? Is it somebody else that you are got your eye on? Let me know. Always curious to get your feedback. And then again, we pick 70th as well tonight in the third round after trading away the 84th pick to move up last night and get Devontae Smith. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that how we package some of these other picks that are in the back end of this draft. And maybe, maybe there's somebody he likes that he sees and he moves back up into the third round. You never know. Stay glued to your television sets tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait for it. It'll be must-see as it always is. We'll be back here on Monday to chop it up about each and every one of these picks, what I think about them, what do you think about them. Let me know at Grease Pole Podcast on IG. Absolutely thrilled for round two of the draft tonight. Pour yourself a strong one. I'll see you there, and I'll see you here Monday for episode 53. As always, go Birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Go Birds. Go Birds! Ah! Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That would be great.